You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 8th Sunday after Pentecost, August 4th, 2019, by the Reverend Sarah Butler Ganolfi, Senior Associate Priest at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to them, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, that very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. So when I was a kid, I grew up very aware of disparities in wealth. When uh, I was in elementary school, uh, heading into the second grade, I learned that the new school that was being built didn't have enough kids in it. And my neighborhood, a slightly more moderate neighborhood, was going to be rezoned to go and attend that school. So uh, this was uh, out in the cornfields of Amish, Lancaster County. One of the cornfields had been bought up, and they were building these huge, huge houses, McMansions. One of them, uh, one of our teachers made us write an essay. The house looked like a grand hotel. Uh, from a, and we could see it just from our classroom. So I grew up going to school with a lot of classmates whose uh, my, my house could probably fit three, fourfold in, into their houses. So I was really aware of disparities in wealth. Uh, and as a kid, I remember, because of that, being also aware of the scarcity of, of what I didn't have. Um, I became really good at hoarding, and I was obsessed with money when I was younger. I remember going over to my neighbor Thomas's house, and uh, I noticed that there was just a lot of change lying around. There was like a quarter or two, a nickel on the floor. I'd find, you know, 35 cents in his couch, and this money was obviously misplaced, and in my mind, I thought, didn't belong to anyone, so it could be mine. So I I went around the house, and I was just collecting all of this change, and I went home. I don't know. I probably had like $2.50 or something around that. And I showed my mom my booty, my bounty that I had collected, and she was horrified um, that I had stolen from my neighbor. So, of course, she immediately made me go right back to Thomas's house, apologize to his mom, which was mortifying. Um, But it put a really good lesson in my head about stealing, and I never stole change from my neighbor's house. 
again, but I remember just being obsessed with money. Uh, another story, I, would, I loved going to the arcade, and you know, going to the arcade, you win prizes, and the, the prizes are that you, you can get these tickets and exchange the tickets for knickknacks that now I look back and like, this is just worthless nonsense stuff. But as a kid, it was cool. But I never knew what I wanted to buy. I couldn't spend my tickets. So I just kept them. And my pile of tickets uh, just grew and grew and grew. And I would you know, occasionally take out my, my, my basket of tickets and look at them. But, I mean, years went by. I still had these tickets. I found them once when I was cleaning up my room, and I was like, well, now they're worthless. The, the arcade closed in the mall, so I never got to spend my tickets. Um, and I had clearly nothing, nothing to do. I was probably 10 years old when I refound them, and uh, they were worthless by that point. Uh, I remember even last week, we I used this gospel lesson with our kids in vacation Bible camp, and as a demonstration, I cut up green pieces of paper, and I made it money. Um, and these kids were so excited, and they were like, who has this much money? And, oh, I have more, and, oh, I got the reason and skill cards, and that's not as cool as the green money cards. Uh, and then I told them to rip it in half to explain, or to explain how we share a portion of what we get. And some kids, I realized, they did not want to rip their money in, in half and give it away. It was a green piece of paper. Um, another thing I realized is that when you tell five- and six-year-olds to rip a piece of paper in half, they're going to inevitably rip it into 50 pieces. So I spent the rest of that day collecting little green pieces of paper that these kids were obsessed with. They didn't want to give this money away. We, I had to really, like, I had to make the money go away because it was a distraction. To, I was going to be leading Eucharist, and it was, I, I thought it was going to be pretty and artfully to display and as an offering to God all this trash on the floor. And the kids just, they wouldn't let me say the Eucharist. So I had to have some adults come and collect the money and make it go away so we could refocus and, and calm you know, and this, this is the story of the rich man that we heard in the gospel today. Uh, he, 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 he's very successful, and he collects and collects and collects, and that realizes soon enough that the house that he has isn't big enough to, score, to store all of the, the wealth and all the riches, so he tears them down and builds bigger, bigger mansions to collect and store uh, his wealth. And at the end of the day, the, the, the lesson that God is sharing and, and Jesus is telling in this parable is like, well, you know, that, that abundance isn't really doing any good when it's just sitting in lock and key, and um, that's not very kind. But money is stressful. I imagine that we've all had an experience in our life when we have encountered stress with money. Sometimes it's stressful to have a lot of money, because you feel a demand, like, well, I, I don't want to be like that rich man who just stores this all up, but I also have cares and concerns, so I, I, I feel anxious about just giving it all away, because then, what? Well, I'm left afraid. Uh, and then we feel anxious when we don't feel like we have enough, when we, we picture the disparities of wealth that are in our world. When I was you know, preparing for this sermon, I was thinking a lot about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, those basic needs of food and shelter, and then the next needs of security, uh, or, or food, and, 
food and water and sleep in the first, and then security and safety. Uh, and then the whole point of it all, according to Abraham Maslow, is to self-actualize or to realize your highest potential. In the, the, for us, it might be to have a vocation. That might be our level five Maslow hierarchy of need. And that vocation, I am, it is not always priesthood. Please uh, do, do not see the echelon of Christian journey as priesthood. I'm surrounded by such wonderful lay people who are living truly into their fullest and highest potential. And the goal is not to be a priest. It is to live into your ministry as fully and as uh, gratefully and abundantly as you can. It's like that bit in Colossians where if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. You know, when we experience abundance, we we get to that cup-overflowing place. Um, Throughout the month of July, we were helping congregations for the homeless. And whether or not you were able to to donate food or or to be here, um, we we have been praying for them, and you all have been a part of those prayers. Uh, If you contributed any, even a penny, to this building, you too were helping to provide the safety and security um, for the people who are here. And uh, as I learned from the congregation for the homeless folks, that they really enjoy coming here because... Um, it's, it's a very comfortable space, and we all as a community of St. Thomas have been a part of making this space what it is and being a part of the abundance that we can then um, give back. You know, when we experience abundance, we, we can be grateful and overflow our gift. It makes us easier to sign that pledge card. We can give with joy, with, with life, not this fear of, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to fulfill this because I'm scared of what might happen. I'm anxious about the uncomfortable, uncertain possibility. You know, we never really arrive in this lifetime. I think that's the falsity of something like Maslow's hierarchy of needs or even this idea of having a perfect vocation. It's that we're going to ever reach this place in this life of that perfection. Jesus did that, and Jesus did that for us, so we don't have to. But today, we make a daily choice to participate, to be in relationship with God, with whatever abundance that we have. The reality is that we're all the rich man sometimes. We all experience ebbs and flows of scarcity and abundance, but we keep going. You know, the only arrival we can ever really reach is a place of trust. Trust that we will have enough and that God will provide what we need. But we all experience ebbs and flows where we don't have that trust. You know, trust requires a lot. Trust requires, um, it requires the acceptance of the unknown, being okay with what is gray, with learning that life isn't black and white. It requires community. We're not, no one person made congregations for the homeless happen. No one person's pledge is going to, to fulfill the mission of our life here at St. Thomas. We do it together. 
I remember when I was um, training to, be, to go off to seminary, I was in an Episcopal service program and living for free and bas basically getting nothing in return um, for living there. I had, to have a, I had a very part-time job, but I basically had nothing extra between you know, paying for student loans and I had a car. Uh, and I really wanted to go and explore as many of the seminaries that I thought I needed to explore and that God was perhaps calling me to. One of them was the one in California at Church Divinity School of the Pacific. Uh, if any of you have ever tried to fly from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania to San Berkeley, California, you'll find that the route is not easy, nor is it cheap. And as a full-time volunteer, I didn't have money. And in my Wednesday morning prayer group, one of the older participants um, heard my, my grief, and the next Wednesday he came back with a wad of cash. He came, he, and he handed that wad of cash to me. It was a bit in secret because, you know, there are some, it's, it might be a little awkward to some people to have seen this older gentleman handing a wad of cash <laughs> to a young woman. Uh, he, he was a retired priest too, so the boundary thing would have been alarming. Um, but he was like, you know what? I'm going to help you out. I'm going to be your community today. Go and visit this seminary. Uh, and I did. It wasn't where I felt called, but it was really important for me to go and to see, and that's nothing I would have been able to do on my own. You know, ultimately, though, that trust, the thing that trust requires is great humility. It's why I chose to, to preach from a stool today. I mean, I'm not the judge as the gospel passage says, I'm not the judge, Lex isn't the judge, um, the church isn't the judge, Jesus is the judge, and what you do with your money, you know, that's between you and God, and I don't have any right to lord it over you, because I'm in that same boat. My wife and I are remodeling our house right now, and for anyone who's remodeled your house, you know that, oh, this is, we can totally afford that. This is what it's going to cost. Oh my gosh, this is what it costs now? <laughs> I'm right there with you. I, too, have experienced great scarcity in my life and great abundance. But we're all in it together, doing the best we can with the ebbs and flows of scarcity and abundance, and that's the whole point of it all. So rather than me having the last word, I'm going to close with the prayer we opened with today because I think it, it speaks to this need for trust, this need for mercy, and this need for grace when it comes to hard things, especially money. So let us pray. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.